Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting, so prepare to move forward. Hey family, welcome home to Forward Live. We got partners all over the globe. And to you, we say welcome home. It's good to see you. I'm excited about today. We're going to continue in our series called Faith Full. Faith Full. In order to be faithful concerning anything, you got to be full of faith regarding that thing. And so today, I'm excited about this message. I hope you are too. Do me a favor, grab your Bibles or whatever your method of reading this great book is in turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. You ready? Let's get it together. I love this verse. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Man, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I'm excited about this message. Can't wait to share. Let's pray together really quickly, then we're going to jump in. Lord Jesus, we love you. We are here for you. What a mighty God we serve. You are full of grace and truth, beautiful in all of your ways, perfect in everything that you do. Your plan has no flaw. You know exactly what you're doing, and you've been doing it for a long time. And so we give your name praise and glory. Speak through me today. And touch the heart of your people. Amen. Let's jump in, man. I'm excited to share what God has shared with me. Um, really, this entire passage of 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 is just jam-packed with so much goodness. Um, the entire thing, you should read it when you get a moment. Because um, Peter just goes off. He just literally just, just pops off. And honestly... It's about five verses in there. That's a whole series all by itself. You can break down each verse and give it its own week because it's jam-packed with goodness. As a matter of fact, in the next verse, in verse 4, we read where, where Peter writes about this God that we serve giving us promises uh, with the ability to participate in his divine nature. What in the world, Peter? And then he keeps going. He's like, not only that, but he empowers us to escape the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. That's a whole message all by itself. He keeps going, and he tells us, hey, man, you need to make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to your goodness, you need to add knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. Each one of these qualities, honestly, guys, deserve a message by their self. And then he keeps going and he says, yo, if you obtain these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being unproductive or ineffective. That is a whole message by itself. He's just going off. He's popping off. He's giving us jabs. He's going Mike Tyson on us. It's powerful stuff jam-packed in these few verses. But I want to park at verse 3. I was in prayer and really felt the Lord stirring my heart about this verse, that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly Life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God has given us everything we need for a godly life. 
Yo, that is powerful. That, that verse alone eliminates excuses. It's like, well, God, you know, I can't really do that. He's like, I gave you everything you need for a godly life. But the truth is, that's not really what I want to talk about. Part A is beautiful. It's awesome. But, but I think I'm supposed to today, today talk about part B. And you got to be careful with the part B's in the Bible. The part B's really is where the weight of these verses are. If you're not careful, you can shout and get excited about part A. Here's a, here's a part A, Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for the good. You can park right there and be like, oh, it's working together for my good. Wait a minute, wait a minute, part B. Of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That promise only works if I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. Good news. If I love him and I'm called that everything that's happening to me is not really happening to me, but it's happening for me. Everything is working together for my good. The weight is in the B clause. And I love this because Paul writes, he goes off, he says, yo, his power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of our Christ Jesus. And he, 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 he gives us a B part and he says, this God is the one who called us by his own glory and goodness. Say that with me. He called me by his own glory and goodness. I want to I just for the next several moments talk from this idea, finding my faith to trust the call. Finding my faith to trust the call. Man, it takes faith to trust God's call. Like, for real, it takes faith to say, you know what? I believe that I'm called by God. And if you have this faith, what it will do is it will create in you something that you can't create in yourself. It will give you divine patience. So here's a true story about my life. Since I was a little boy, I um, was told, hey, Travis, you're going to do this. You're going to travel the world. And you're going to do music. And God's going to do this for you. God's going to do that. Right. And you would think that would fill me with satisfaction. The truth is, it made my life difficult. Imagine Joseph being told early on, bro, you're going to be second in command. You're going to get all this. And then having to go through all of these trials and all of these circumstances and all of these obstacles in order to develop a character to sustain him when he gets there. It's a valuable lesson here. That God is more interested in developing us than displaying us. No one really wants to hear that, especially when you're in the middle. I'm about to drop a curse word. I'm sorry. In process. Process is more vulgar of a word than the F-bomb today. Nobody wants process. Everybody wants an expedited experience. Let me just get there. Let me turn around three times and send money to this television network, and then it's going to happen in my life immediately. No one wants process. And God is a God of process. God is a God that will walk with you. I wish the verse said, yea, though I run through the valley. I wish the verse said, yea, though I skip through the valley. No, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God is not interested in running. He's interested in walking. And so you have time to be developed. And so when you get there, you won't get escorted off by your character. And that was my process with God. Such a difficult time, man. And then in this process, you start questioning, am I really called? Because it's taken a little longer than I thought it would. Am I really caught? And then you just start trying to manipulate the process. This is what I did. 
And so any deal that come across your desk, you sign it real quick. Because you just, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is my opportunity. God gave me a word. So, so if I'm supposed to get married in 2020, then the first guy who come to me who brushes teeth, I'm supposed to marry him because God gave me a word, right? And so you try to manipulate the process and do whatever you can to make his promise happen like he's not responsible for it. Am I really called? It's taking a little longer than I want. And so you find yourself being thirsty. That was me. That's my testimony. And d- d- thirsty, being thirsty, will also cause you to be in despair and to be depressed. I remember, this is a true story, I remember watching other people's career take off. It would drive me crazy. Like, that's the, it's so hard to clap for people you're jealous for. Have you ever been at a wedding? <laughs> and somebody's getting married, and you weren't really happy to get married because you wish you would get married. You're just like, yay, another kiss the bride. All right. Don't you hate that? And that was me. I was having to applaud other people, and I realized something. God would not trust me with the promise until I could celebrate other people's victory. God was so interested in extracting from my heart this covetousness and this jealousy and this sizing myself up with other people because he is a God of process. But process makes you start to think, am I really called? Many believers around the world really suffer with this concept, man, of self-confidence. I, I, am, I really believe this is on my heart. I was in an interview yesterday with a friend of mine from the UK, and he asked this question. He said, hey, he said, something I noticed about you. My wife and I, we met you and your wife, and the one lasting impression we had when we walked away was your humility. He said, I could not believe. He said, because you, you know, you listen to people or you watch people, and then when you meet them, you're disappointed. He said, I could not believe that you had, like, humility. He was like, what's the secret behind that? And I hate to over-spiritualize stuff, but the reality is the secret behind it, the secret sauce is God. Secondly, it's my wife. My wife don't care nothing about what trophy I got. She can't. She could care less about what accolade. She get brought the trash is run. Take the trash out, Mr. Travis. Take the trash out right now. She keeps me grounded. She keeps me humble. And early on, really in my career, my wife knows I had this thing um, called Diddy Mode, and they know about Diddy Mode because I always tell stories about. Diddy mode. Diddy mode was, I would start feeling myself, and my walk could change a little bit whenever I got in diddy mode. It was just, if, if things were just going along a little too well in my life, like I just got a call by somebody who I respected, it just changed the way, just, it didn't last long, maybe like a day. I got 24 hours of just diddy mode, you know, I'm just feeling, just start feeling a little good. Every time I get in diddy mode, something tragic happened. I just embarrass myself in ways that you can't even fathom in your mind. One time I was in Diddy Mode, I was at a St. Jude's event. It was in Memphis, Tennessee, right up the street from y'all in Chat Town. And I, I was at this uh I was at this the St. Jude event. And I remember, I remember I walked up and and I was I was in my Diddy mode. I was feeling really good about life. I was feeling really good, man. I was feeling really good. And and I saw this woman who I had just met like a month before at an event in Miami. So I walk up to her and I'm like, Hey! And I give her a hug. And, and she looks back at me and she's like, do I know you? And I'm in Diddy mode. So when you're in Diddy mode, everybody knows you. And I just met you, girl. Like, what's, it's me. It's, we were just together in, 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 in Miami, remember? And she's like, no. I was like, you didn't, weren't you just in Florida? She's like, uh-uh. I was like, have you ever been to Florida? <laughs> she's like, 
know, dude, and I don't know who you are. Diddy Mo always set me up, and it wasn't her. It was another black actress that I thought was her. Just embarrassed me. It was another time I was in Diddy Mo, and I never forget this. I was in Charleston. Feeling real good about myself. Had a good concert. I was feeling good. I was laying down in the tub, and I was texting my wife. I'm feeling really good about life, and the phone dropped in the tub. I just embarrassed myself, lost my phone. I had to put in there. Somebody told me to put in there rice, and it heal your phone. Anyway, Diddy Mo always set me up. For, dis for disastrous disruption, and it's because I wasn't called to be in Diddy Mode. Diddy Mode was really <laughs> this persona that I had put on whenever I forgot who I was. And maybe yours is not Diddy Mode. Maybe yours is just uh, a whole day of wallowing on Netflix because you're depressed, because I cannot believe I'm not, I don't have that yet. And now you're comparing yourself with people on the television or people on your phone, and you find yourself being less than who you're called to be. The answer to humility is very simple. I don't believe the opposite of humility is arrogance. I believe arrogance and pride is a fruit to a greater root. The reality is we lack humility because we lack the source of our identity. There it is. When I know who I am and I know who called me, then I don't have to question the call. And the reality is many of us, we use different things, whether it's shopping or eating or substance abuse or anything to just try to substitute the mirror because we don't want to look at who God's called because we don't trust his call in our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, every now and then we have to find our faith to trust the call. Humility, I read this before, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. The more I think of him, the more I'm transformed by him. And, and here's, here's the recipe to becoming full of faith. I become full of faith when I become full of the faith giver. The more of God I get, the more like him I become. O-M-G. That is a beautiful truth. That I become more like God. And the more I become like him means the less like myself I become. That's a good thing. Have you ever met somebody that was like, yo, you're just like your dad. That's either a compliment or an insult, depending on who your father was. But how awesome would it be if we represented God in such a way that people saw us and saw his light shining through us? This was Jesus. And John, Jesus walks up and he says, hey, hey. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What? Like that, I want the beauty and the love and the grace of God to so flow through me that I don't misrepresent who he is. The problem with Christianity, it's not God. It's that his representatives sometimes misrepresent him. And here we have an opportunity through loving him through prayer. Prayer is the source of identity. This is how I shed Diddy mode. <laughs> because the more I look at him, the more like him I become. The more like him I become. Here's why this is important. Because as long as you are on the forefront of your own mind, then you will live a limited life. See, it's easy. It's an easy target for the enemy. Here's the truth. If all you think about is yourself, then in order for the enemy to knock you off your day or to torment your mind or to get you in a bad funk or a bad attitude, then all he has to do is hit you with things that appear to be true about you. But my confidence is not in me, 
it's in the one who called me. Peter writes, he called me by his own glory and goodness. Oh my God, this blessed me so much. Because what this means is that my past, my present, and my future is on God. How powerful is that? Is that he knew me before he called me. I'm about to get excited, man. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Did you hear what I just said? He said, before I knew you, I called you, man. And I set you apart. And I appointed you. Before you were ever born, you were known. Before you were ever born, you were called. Before you were ever known, you were anointed. And here's why this is important. Because it honestly presents a slight issue for my super spiritual people. This verse don't feel good to you. This idea don't feel good. Because if you really break it down, then this means that my anointing was decided by God and not by my performance. Oh, snap. If God knew me before he set me apart, then that implies that he knew how my life would play out. And if he knew how my life would play out, then that means he knew the mistakes I would make. And if he knew the mistakes I make and still call me, that means that my mistakes and my issues and my past did not disqualify me from the call on my life. This is a good place to clap your hands right there in your living room and praise the God who called you in spite of you. He anoints David in the pasture, knowing full well that this same David, dripping in oil, a few years later will be sleeping with a married woman and having her husband killed. God is a God who calls the flaw. Man, he knew Abraham would have Ishmael. He, he knew that Moses would kill an Egyptian. He, he knew that Samson would cut his hair and lay with Delilah. He knew. He knew that Noah would get drunk at the bar. He knew. He knew that Peter would betray him three times, but he was not intimidated by our flaws because he is a God who calls the flaw. And I sometimes have a challenge in believing in myself because I'm not perfect. And so I have these questions like all of us. I ask the questions, am I good enough? Am I, am I enough? Am, am I a good enough husband? Am I a good enough father? Am, am, I, am I a good enough son? Am, am I a good enough pastor? Am, am I a good enough songwriter? And it seems like as soon as I start believing that I'm enough, I'm one swipe away from comparing myself to someone's highlight reel that reveals that they're better than me. <laughs> and so I have the question, am I enough? Hopefully this is liberating for you. The reality is that. God did not call me based on my goodness. According to the scripture, he called me based on his own goodness. Man, he called me based on his own glory and goodness. I've wondered at times even, I said, yo, God, did you make a mistake in calling me? Like, 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 did you, like, like, what is it about me, God, that makes you believe in me? And this has been my posture even in worship sometimes. And how this message came about is really in prayer. I was wondering, like, why does God believe in me? And God responded to me in a way that shook my world. I felt the answer. The reality is there's someone who God believes in more than me. It's himself. <laughs> this 
is why he calls me. This is why he used me because God believes in God. God believes in himself. He believes in his own ability to be the author and the finisher of my faith. He believes in his own divine plan. He believes in his own omega-ness. He believes in his own ability to complete what he starts. He believes in his power that limits the enemy's access in my life. God believes in God. And that's why I have confidence. My confidence is not based on my perfection or my performance. My confidence is not based on my theological knowledge. My confidence is not based on my ability to pronounce Hebrew and Greek words and to speak our prestigious and, and to take communion with the bread dipping. And the, that's not my confidence. My confidence is based on who God is. My confidence is not based on the fragility of my carnality, but on the security of his sovereignty. I know who I serve, and I serve a God who has never failed, a God who's never fumbled, a God who's never made a mistake, a God who is without error, a God who is without blemish. And because I know him, I know that I'm enough because he's the one who called me by his own goodness. I'm confident in this very thing. That he who began a good work shall perform it. He is faithful to finish. We serve a finishing God. He never starts anything that he lacks the ability to finish. That's what my confidence is. Because I may fail, but he won't. I, I, I may fall, but he stands forever. I may get weak, but his strength is made perfect. I may run out, but his supply is limitless. Ladies and gentlemen, God believes. In God, and my confidence is in the God who the Bible says swears by his own name. You got to get this verse, Hebrews 6.13. It says this, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by. Watch this. He swore by himself. Oh, my lamb. If I was in a Pentecostal church, I'd just pass out, but somebody have to catch me. Did you hear what I just said? He swore by himself. God is so confident in himself. He looked around and said, there's nobody else for me to swear by. There's no other name higher than mine. My confidence is in me. Do you hear what the spirit of God is telling you today? He believes in himself. That's why he called you, because he knew that even though you'll fall, he was God enough to pick you up. That's why he called you. He knew you were having an affair, but he was God enough to redeem you. That's why he called you. He knew you would make mistakes in your life, but he knew that he was God enough to rescue you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My confidence is in the God who was confident in himself. So I have faith to trust that I'm called. Because he didn't call me by my own name. He called me by his name. It is by the name of Jesus that I've been rescued and saved and redeemed and called to this glorious grace. God called me by his own glory and by his own goodness. God believes in God. This is so important for you to understand and to believe. I want this to be tattooed on your heart. Because if you can really receive this, then the devil can no longer torment your mind with insecurity and with self-doubt. I don't believe in my own ability. I believe the unfailing ability of the God who called me. Hey, brothers and sisters, today, I want you to find a faith to trust the call of God on your life. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We give you praise. We give you glory. I pray for everyone watching right now 
that their confidence will begin to rise, not in themselves, but in you. We don't need confidence. We need Godfidence to know that we serve a God who's never lost a battle, who's never failed, and who always comes through. And if you believe in yourself, then we can believe and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, man, maybe something today was said or done or a song or a moment where your heart responded. Hey, let me tell you something. That feeling of absolute joy, of absolute peace, of absolute rest, of absolute confidence has a name. His name is Jesus. He died for your sins, and he wants all of you. He's not intimidated by your flaws. He's called you in spite of them because he knows he was God enough to rescue you. Hey, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this from, I don't care if you feel nasty or if you feel so far from him. His grace is a gap filler. He'll come right where you are. He'll come into that room. He'll come right where you are and rescue you. You can't fix yourself. If you could, you would be fixed by now. But he designed you to need him right where you are. I would love to pray with you if you said, yo, I'm, I'm done with me and I'm ready to start this new life in Christ. Or maybe you were like me. You gave him your heart long ago and right now you're saying, yo, I want a fresh start. I want to do this. I want, I, want a, I want a new page. I want, I want a new chapter. It's a great day to make that decision. You ready? I'm going to count to three. If that's you, respond right now and say, it's me. You ready? Right where you are. I don't care who thinks you're crazy screaming, it's me. One, two, three. It's me. And I'm done and I'm ready to give him my heart. There's a link below. I want you to click that link. I want you to fill the information out so that we can call you and connect with you right now, wherever you are. You're not alone. Hey, before you even do that, I'd love to pray with you. Repeat after me. This is a special moment. It's a new birthday. You ready? Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. All that I am belongs to you completely. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And I believe that you got up so I don't have to stay down. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. I am saved. I am changed forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you, and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.